Earlier that same night, Halyard was in a taxi on his way to dinner when he saw a tumour crash to earth like a meteorite. They were at the back of the convoy, a minibus and three overflow taxis shuttling everybody from the Mosfatia Bioinformatics headquarters outside Copenhagen to a hotel on the waterfront. He wasn't sure what would have happened to the taxi up ahead if it hadn't swerved off the road at the very last moment. It was an interesting rock-paper-scissors type question, because the tumour was made of flesh, and flesh was traditionally the loser against car bumpers. But on the other hand, he knew you could get killed hitting a deer on the road, and this thing had to weigh at least three times as much as a deer. His own taxi hadn't swerved. It had just braked, hurling him and his three fellow passengers forward into their seatbelts and his phone out of his hands and into the footwell, which meant he now had a clear view through the front windscreen. The monstrosity, which had burst apart when it hit the asphalt, now lay there in four ragged chunks, and even those were the size of shipping crates. The sound of impact had been just one sharp drum hit, but somehow also symphonic, deep and wet and ruptive and springy all at the same time, really remarkable foley work on the tumour's part. And yet in terms of textural horror, the sound had nothing on the image. The meat was reddish-white, glistening, ruffled and pleated, except in some places where it was wrapped like tenderloin in translucent epimysium, and in others where it had thick black or white fur. Here and there a nub of bone poked through. For Halyard, the experience was startling, yes, but not quite as nightmarish as it might have been if he hadn't known what he was looking at. And he did know, because he'd seen coverage of the last time this had happened, during a conference outside Madrid. What had just landed was a teratoma, meaning a tumour made of germ cells that could resolve themselves into any type of tissue. So there were probably teeth buried in there somewhere, brain matter, even eyeballs, like an anagram of a mammal's body. It had been grown in an unlicensed laboratory somewhere, using DNA bootlegged from Choo-Choo, the last giant panda. And it had been launched from a catapult as a protest against what Halyard did for a living. Choo-Choo had died 12 years ago of a fungal respiratory infection in the intensive care unit of the giant panda breeding research base in Chengdu. At that time, he was the last giant panda. But he was not the last giant panda for very long afterwards, because plenty of clones followed, nurtured in the wombs of black bears. Still, he would always be the last in an unbroken chain of wet begetting, the last panda who came out of a panda who came out of a panda who, ellipsis here, came out of the very first panda.